You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen. This is episode number 82, and it is titled Substitute. This is part of the Words of Jen 1997 series, which I am doing as part of NAPOD POMO, that's National Podcast Post Month, where you post one episode of a podcast each and every day in the month of November. The pieces of writing that I've been reading to you as part of the 1997 series come from a handwritten journal that I was required to write as part of my student teaching experience back in 1997. A lot of things have changed since then, and sometimes it's glaringly obvious and sometimes it's kind of the same, but it's teaching. There are some similarities. The previous episode, I talked about going to camp, which was an outdoor camp with dorms that the sixth graders from one of the three schools I was teaching at got to go to, and we did some outside art lessons, and the teacher I was working under, Mr. D, was there. He'd been there the day before. The kids arrived on uh, Wednesday, and then Thursday I was there with them, and he was there with them, and then the one I'm going to read today is from Friday, the day after, where he had scheduled a substitute. So this would be the first time I had worked with a substitute teacher as a student teacher, and it took a little bit to figure out exactly how to make this work. So this one is called Substitute. Friday, September 19th, 1997. Halfway done with these schools. Now I should say there were three elementary schools, I've been there for half the time I needed to be working in these particular schools with the elementary school. You had to do an elementary school or a high school or a middle school, and you could only pick two. So I started with the elementary school, and I think I spent most of my time there. But at this point, I was halfway done, and I was starting to see, okay, this is working. So here's what I wrote. What got accomplished today? One. I got to see what it is like to work with a good sub, Mrs. T. She is a lunch lady at C school, but we were working at M school today. It went very well. Mr. D said she would want to teach and that I should have her teach the fourth and fifth graders, and I could teach the kindergarten and second graders, because that is how it's been all week. He gave her lesson plans and everything. However, when she was here today, she asked about what we were doing, etc., and I explained the lessons and what I've been doing and what Mr. D was doing. She made it clear that she would rather that I direct the classes today. This was okay by me, but I remembered that Mr. D said she wouldn't want to stand around and do nothing, so I made it clear that she could do whatever she wanted as far as teaching some grades or not, and that I didn't want her to feel like she was doing too much or too little, and just to let me know what she wanted to do. She still wanted me to direct, so I did. I think I did everything I could as far as not stepping on anyone's toes. As the day went on, I learned that she was very good as far as classroom management. This was the first time I encountered someone who was a substitute teacher, but also was employed at at least one of the schools that we were working within. 
Again, we had 47 classes of students and we saw each class for 30 minutes once every other week. So I suspect perhaps the students have seen this person as a substitute before and knew who she was and maybe that was part of the reason why they mostly behaved, I guess. <laughs> but that's that's what we did. There's there's some more in here to uh to read. Two got to teach the geometric shape lesson to the kindergartners for the last time and got them all graded. Also got to introduce the computer lesson to the kindergartners for the last time. When the geometric shapes dry, I can make the bulletin board at M school and be done with bulletin boards too. 3. Introduce the paper making project for the very last time. I am beginning to get tired of talking classes through making the paper process and going through the process of making pulp. I had some left over, so I shouldn't have to make any more. I figure it's probably enough to get through the few kids who were absent for the first part. 4. Got all of the first graders at M's paper project graded as far as how well they did at making paper. They could get a 1, excellent, 2, satisfactory, or 3, unsatisfactory. If they did the project, they did not get a 3. If it had a hole in it, they got a 2. If it did not, a 1. Easy, consistent, matches the instructions I gave. Might not fit the lesson plan exactly, but probably it's okay. At this point, I felt like I was doing pretty good, moving right along, had stuff to show my professor, if and when he arrived. Reflection. Today for the paper making, I placed the tablecloth on the floor and had the kids sit or kneel if they wanted as they were making their paper. This worked even better because they could reach everything much easier and also because they could all see what was going on easier than before. I think that the next time I teach this lesson, I might try it on the floor, depending on the, the room layout of the next place I do this at. Today was the first time I had to deal with rain. It really matters when you are in a portable. I was able to rescue the first batch of handmade paper that the first second grade made because it had just started to rain when we were coming back from lunch. It was also halfway under the stairs. The second batch from the other second grade could not even go outside because it was still raining. So now it's sitting in the closet on top of the other second grade's paper. For those of you that don't know, haven't experienced this, some schools have mobiles. This is what many schools, at least in the Midwest, or at least the Midwestern state I was teaching in at the time, used when they had too many students and they couldn't cram them all into one classroom or two classrooms. The schools were built, from my experience, they were built in like the late 60s, early 1970s, and they all looked the same for whatever area you were in. Your town made them and they were all the same. Other towns made them, and if they had more money, they might be slightly fancier, um, you know, or, or a bit bigger or whatever. And they were kind of geared for the amount of kids that the people planning the towns figured would be attending those schools. Now, the population grew as time went on, of course, and so the schools didn't really live up to their original standards because there were now a lot more kids coming in than there were, you know back in like the early 70s or mid 70s or whatever so the schools couldn't build any bigger because they'd already filled as much as they could on the lot they were on 
but there were still more students coming in. So what they did was put up generally in what originally started as the parking lot for teachers and other staff, and they put these big mobile units there. Sometimes it was just enough to be one classroom size. Sometimes it was one really large unit that had two classrooms, and by the time I was teaching as a substitute teacher around 2000, those rooms were packed. They were just packed as far as could be. And if you're outside and you're teaching in one of these mobiles and it rains and you need to bring your kids inside the school so they could go to the gymnasium and eat lunch, because the gymnasiums at that time were doing, you know, double duty. They were for gym class and then they were for lunch and then they were for gym class again. So it was a bit difficult to deal with the weather in the Midwest. I don't think it's something that ever worked well, but it was the best they could do at the time. So the mobile we were in, in this case, was one at this particular school that Mr. D had sort of his office partially in and the rest of it was room for students. There were less students that I was teaching as, you know, one class at a time back in 1997 than there were later, but it was still pretty full. So that's what a mobile is. That's what I'm talking about, and that's why we couldn't leave the paper outside to dry in the sun, because it was, it wouldn't dry in the rain, so. I can't remember if I talked to Mrs. J over at M High School about doing some paper making or not. At this point, I do not want to do that. But if I do end up doing it, I'll have gotten much better at it. I might even do some at home when it gets colder so mold doesn't grow on it. And I drew a little, like, unhappy face right there. And that brings me to the end of this piece of the handwritten journal that I had to write in 1997 in order to pass my student teaching experience. And I'll come back tomorrow and read you some more.